Welcome, Impactful Parents. It's time for the Impactful Parenting Podcast, where I give you parenting tips and resources to make you a more impactful parent to your school-aged child. I am your host, Christina Campos. Yeah, sure. Hey, uh, everybody. My name is Rodrigo Bravo. I am a mediator uh, here in the state of Texas. I am also a co-parenting coach, consultant. I help people navigate the tricky waters of co-parenting using my experience, enthusiasm, and education to help uh, folks uh, get through that. You know, it could be very difficult once there's a separation, uh, but, you know, using uh, some techniques, you know, some education and really just, just uh, you know, making sure that we stay, you know, consistent with the fact that it's always going to be about our kids. You know, we can get through those uh, tough moments. Uh, but with that said, I'm really happy to see everybody on stage and ready to get the conversation started. I see the nice here as well. Welcome to Nye. Uh, I don't know if Christina and Dolly would like to introduce themselves as well. Hi guys, my name is Christina Campos. I'm founder of a company called The Impactful Parent and I help parents of school-aged children. So I'm excited that you're here. Um, how I help parents is primarily through my app, which you see a link above my head. But um, um, go ahead, I'll push it off to Dolly. You wanna introduce yourself and then we'll get started. Thank you. My name is Dolly. I'm a parenting coach as well and I specialize in educating parents parents of middle school kids about bullying awareness and prevention so we can keep our kiddos safe. And that's pretty much all. Thank you. All right, you guys. Well, today we're going to talk about what is your child's philosophy cabinet? And today, actually, Rodrigo is going to be running our room today. This was his topic. And so I'm going to let you do, take the lead. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, Christina. And the reason for this topic we really have been trying to kind of get down to the bottom of what's going on with a lot of the young men in our society right now, our young guys, our kids, our boys. Uh, again, this is really reflective, you know, for us, or at least for me, I'll, I'll speak for myself, at least for me, we, we had a tragedy a while back that happened, right? A few weeks ago where uh, somebody, you know, murdered uh, a bunch of kids and, and teachers and we had this incredible reckoning like what's going on right and i know everybody wants to focus on the guns i know everybody wants to focus about uh, um you know the accessibility for guns uh you know some other folks want to focus on hardening our schools um i i've always taken an approach of like what's the root cause what what's you know the, yes the gun was there and they, he used the gun Yes, the school, I don't know, maybe had lax policies. Who knows? I don't, I don't know. I don't care. But you're still dealing more with symptoms as opposed to the cause. And one of those things is understanding what drives somebody to do something like this. Now, for all of us that are here on the stage right now, and for a lot of people that, you know, we interact on a day in, day out, we, we probably could never comprehend why this would happen or why something like this would ever occur, right? But it does. It did. And it happened in our own community. It happened in the community of a predominantly Latino, you know, uh, uh, a city, a small town. Uh, the 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 family themselves is Latino, you know. The 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 killer was a Latino. You know, I don't know how he identified. If he identified as Mexican American, American, Chicano, Latinx, Latino, I don't know. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we know that he's in in the environment that a lot of us are in or have been, and that a lot of our kids are in right now. And so it's really important for us to kind of understand 
what could have potentially drove somebody to do this? What type of, of, of thinking goes behind this, right? And we're not going to get there everywhere. And a lot of it is going to be speculation. You know, I mean, the, the, the guy was killed. You know what I'm saying? The murderer was killed by police forces there. So it's not like we can just pull up and say, hey, what led you to do this? Or what happened? And this and that. But by gathering um, information from folks that knew him, from understanding where he was at in his life, and from you know some of the interactions he had, we can kind of piece together some of the things that maybe he was going through. But also, and this is what the topic of today's room is about, what was he listening to? What was, who was influencing him? What was he talking about? Where was he at? What, 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 what kind of interactions was he having? And, and what led him possibly to say, hey, you know what, this is okay. This is what I want to do. This is uh, in line with my views and so forth. So that's why whenever we, we kind of had a reflection, uh, Christina and I, you know, I said, hey, I, I really want to do a room based on this, you know. What is, what is, what's in your child's philosophy cabinet? And so before I even start, I want to ask Christina and Dolly, are you familiar with pill culture? And I'm not talking about drugs, y'all. Okay, first of all, I, you know, I, I know people are going to kind of like conflate the two, but this is really different than pills like, you know, drugs or ecstasy or K, you know, whatever. I'm talking about pills in a philosophy, a philosophy sense that's going on in the internet. I, I want to see if Christina and Dolly have any experience with this or have heard of this pill culture. Rodrigo, this is the first time I hear this term, so I'm looking forward to learning about it. And I'm right there with Dolly. I actually have heard of the term, and um, I, if I'm not, I don't know if I'm mistaken or not, um, it could be, you know, the difference between two different things and we're trying to decide, but uh, yes, please, tell, Rodrigo, teach us, tell us more. Yeah, so this is, this is really good then, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, having a son, I have two boys. I have a 21 year old and a 18 year old. And really where I've really got to know about this was really through my 18 year old. My son, Samuel, he plays a lot of video games. He plays Call of Duty. He plays uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto, um, uh, Apex, all kinds of shooter games and games that probably a lot of parents would be like, oh my God, you know, that game's not good and this and that, right? Uh, but but the thing is that these games a lot of times have chat features and they have forums and they have places where kids interact. The kids his age, young adults his age, and even adults his age interact, right? And uh, when they interact, they're going to talk. I've always told everybody, at the end of the day, your kid is going to be educated. Now, do you want him to be educated correctly? Do you want him to be miseducated? Or do you want him to be uneducated? You know, and so when you're talking about chat rooms, you're talking about a forum, you're talking about messages and people that interact, people that become friends, people that they listen to, there's going to be different personalities, different philosophy that's going to go through. And one of these is the quote unquote pill culture. So uh, 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 here's another starter question. Christina Dali, are y'all familiar with the movie The Matrix? Yes. Absolutely, one of my faves. Okay, so so y'all remember that 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 scene, right, where Morpheus 
uh, uh, where Morpheus is giving Neo a the choice. The red right? pill or the and blue he, pill. Yeah, and what, and what do those pills represent? Uh, one is to stay in, or to stay in the facade of what they think is reality, but it's really, it's really, uh, it's really a facade. And the other one is to know the truth. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. So, so a lot of this does come from. That's kind of the genesis of where this these names come from, right? So the first thing we're talking about is is red pill, right? And and basically from that movie, you know, this philosophy has come in is like what is real and what is not real. And so when you're talking about pill culture, well, there's a lot of different pills, and we'll get into them in the one now. But it's kind of the basis of this philosophy. Is that you know you you you're you're taking a pill that's going to change you that's going to really kind of drive your philosophy and drive your mentality. In that movie, in the red pill, you know, blue pill discussion, right? You, you just said it out right now. You have a choice. You have a choice between hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna become ignorant to everything and live out my life the way you know it lives out or whatever, or I take the red pill and I find out the truth. I find out what's really going on there, what's really, uh, what's the truth behind everything. The reason I'm I'm doing such an emphasis on this is because it's really important to understand that our kids are young; they are forming their 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 basis for their beliefs, for their values, uh, for their their morals. Even you know, they're trying to figure out what's right, what's wrong. And these type of cultures, these types of philosophies are really attractive to a young man and to young women. But right now, I'm just going to be honest, we're focusing on men because, again, all of these school shootings, I believe the stat was 98% of mass shootings are committed by men. And a lot of these school shootings that we've seen are committed by young men. So that's why we're focusing on that. But but a lot of these philosophies, a lot of these, uh, uh, these cultures are circling around young men that are just starting to form their values, their, their, their beliefs, what's right to them, what, what constitutes right and wrong, what is fair, what isn't fair, what's justice, what's all these different things that are going on. When I was young, I, I looking back, I didn't have a damn clue what was going on. I really thought I had it made. I thought I knew what was going on. I was so stuck up. I was overconfident. Looking back at it, I was like, wow, I really didn't not, I really didn't have a clue what was going on. However, I would I will say I wasn't lost. I, I had a very firm belief in who I was, my ideals, my beliefs. You know, so so I, I wouldn't consider myself lost. I wouldn't consider myself that I was looking for something. You know, I may have been wrong in what I believed in. But you know, I, I pretty I felt pretty confident in my my compass and who I was and what I was about. There are a lot of kids out there right now, lots of kids that don't have that. They don't they don't have confidence. They don't have a a, a sense of where they belong in this world. They they feel lost. They genuinely feel Hey, you know what? I don't. I don't understand what's going on. You know, I, don't, I can't make friends. I, I. This girl doesn't like me. 
you know, um, um, why doesn't everybody get my humor? You know, all kinds of different things that are going on. And a lot of our kids are getting lost. And and what does it happen? Well, kids are going to, they're going to gonna go to something they can relate to. And so uh, going back to my son playing video games, um, I, I noticed my son would be on the chat rooms, you know, with his, with his friends, right? And they would share memes, they would share jokes, and they would do this and do that. And I remember one time my son shared with me a joke. Uh, it was it was a joke about, jeez, um, when was this? It, anyways, it was a joke about something that was going on in the news. And it, it was really kind of a, a like a really dark humor joke. And I asked him, where'd you get this joke, man? I don't, I don't understand how you get this meme. He goes, oh, no, my friends and I, we, we, you know, we share it and blah, blah, blah. And so then I asked him, I said, well, what do you think about that? And we started talking about it. And that's when I started figuring out, okay, my son's getting some ideas from these groups. You know, I need to kind of, you know, ask him what's going on. And so, yeah, no, I, you know, I, I don't want to, I also didn't invade his space, but I definitely made it known, like, hey, I want to know what's going on, blah, 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 blah. And during that time, that's when I came across, you know, these pill philosophies. So let's go ahead and uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, try to place a link here. I have it copied right now. But this link right here is basically describing a lot of the different uh, different types of pills that are out there. Uh, the uh, we'll we'll start with the red pill, and this is kind of the red pill is kind of basically the overarching philosophy. And uh, basically, a red pill is that a red pill is somebody who says, "Hey, I have taken you know I, I've." I've seen beyond what's being presented to me. So, for example, a, a lot of folks, you know, they, they you know, there's, I don't want to, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to get into like conspiracy theories or anything like that. But what I'm getting into is there's folks out there that do believe that there are narratives that are control that are being presented to us. And that's true, right? We all know that there's bias in the media. There, you know, it, it depends. There's propaganda. People have agendas. We, we all get that. We all get that. But when it comes to red pill culture, they truly feel that everything, literally everything is out there against them. And then specifically against young men. Uh, a big portion of those also believe it's against specifically young white men. Uh, you know, there, there's there's philosophies out there and we'll get into a little, a few of those, but there's philosophies out there that do subscribe to different types of theories that are attacking white men. And, uh, you know, th these, again, these are philosophies that are being bred within these cultures because a lot of folks know, hey, folks feel attacked. Folks feel that they're losing, quote unquote, power, control, X, Y, Z. But why is it? And because they don't understand things or they're lost and so forth, they gravitate towards these explanations. A lot of these explanations, when you really break them down, they don't make sense. Uh, people are seeing things change and they're revert they're saying like, why are things changing? And they're seeing themselves as victims instead of seeing that a lot of times marginalized folks have been victimized so much throughout history. But they're not seeing that part. They're seeing the part that really affects them. They're seeing the part that, hey, you know what? Why, why, why? Why do we have a Black History Month? Why do we have Pride Month? Why do we have Latinx Month? 
Why can't we have, uh, you know, a guy's month? Why can't we have, you know, the, you know, the, this and that? And, the, and, you know, and a lot of times it's, and it's unfortunate because, again, they're uneducated in the sense that the reason we have Black History Month is because quite honestly, all the other history, i.e. white history, has been, uh, has been touted and frankly celebrated for centuries. You know, uh, one month out of the year is like literally the least we're doing. We should be really celebrating Black history every single month. We should be celebrating every marginalized group's history. We should be really focusing on that. And now we are making that turn, right? Where we don't accept everything in our history books. We don't, we don't just say like, oh yeah, Christopher Columbus came over here and discovered the world and made things better, blah, blah, blah. No, no, we, we well, fuck that. We're, we're, we're moving way past that. But there's folks out there that see that as regression for them. They see that as an attack to them. They see that as being erased. Our young men see that a lot. And that's why they feel lost. That's why they feel, man, what's going on and this and that. And so then they start subscribing to these cultures. And again, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of starting from a very uh, foundational view because uh, even our parenting experts here, Christina and Dolly and myself, okay, at one point, I had no clue about all this stuff. I really didn't know what all this meant until I really researched it, until I got with my son, until we spoke about it. And I got a deeper understanding for it, how all these cultures work, how these philosophies are really endangering our young men. This is a really good uh, the, uh, resource for understanding this, especially for folks that don't really understand this culture. And this is really kind of one of those sub subcultures that exists out there and really has been exploding in recent years, uh, uh, starting probably around, you know, the early 2000s to 2010. And quite frankly, a lot of it really did kind of explode in the last uh, uh, four years ago, or six years ago now, I guess, uh, with, uh, with particular movements that have uh, been kind of springing up. But with that said, though, I do want to make sure and, uh, you know, allow other folks to speak as well. So let me just go over this uh, briefly. And then I'll go over some of the more, um, you know, you know, the different ones that exist out there. And then after that, we can definitely talk about it, uh, all of us together. But but uh, the, the 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 post that I just placed right now, it is called the Extremist Medicine Cabinet, a guide to online pills. And so uh, th this resource that was put together by the ADL, it, it really does a good job of kind of, of describing the different pills out there. It doesn't describe all of them but it does describe the more uh, uh, important ones, the ones that are more pervasive and the ones that, you know, really our young men are more likely to see and confront at the very beginning. Uh, like I mentioned before, a red pill, right? And again, it makes allusions to the movie, The Matrix, about knowing what's actually going on. It's important to understand that because when you're talking about the red pill, that kind of forms the basis for everything. It kind of, it's an umbrella term when you say, oh, I've been red-pilled, you're implying that you know more than what is being presented to you. So when somebody says they're the red pill, they see the truth, or that's what they are implying. Uh, a lot of folks, you know, online, you know, will say like, oh yeah, I've been red-pilled, or that person has been red-pilled. You'll see references to red-pilled quite a bit because that's like really the genesis of all these 
different types of philosophies, these quote unquote virtual pills. So when you hear red pill, it's, it's probably the most uh, a common one that you will hear. Uh, folks will say, for example, uh, when Kanye West was supporting the, the Republican candidate and the Republican president for the United States, a lot of folks did say like, oh, he's been red pilled, uh, you know, kind of implying that he, he's been wakened up from just taking the normal narrative, whatever they determine is the normal narrative, right? And so that's what it is, kind of an alternative form, a, 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 a I don't want to say fringe, but it could be fringe, uh, an alternative to what's being exposed out there. That's what a red pill uh, person means, or a, a person that's been red pilled. A lot of these movements start off from that. And we're I'm talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, men's rights activists, uh, incel cultures, uh, 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 alt rights, you know, th things, these, these uh, groups that are, again, looking at things in a way that they're the ones that are really being, uh, 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 you know, from their perspective, attacked, right? So again, going back to what I was talking about earlier, another form, uh, another way that we're really bettering our society in whole is, <clears throat> excuse me, I apologize for that. I One of the ways that we're kind of bettering a society is really get removing the patriarchy, right? We're, we're trying our best to, you know, really do away with the way things have been gone, or do going especially when it comes to men and women. Uh, the patriarchy through our entire society has really done its number on, on women and specifically on, on black women and women of marginalized communities. You know, so when you see folks that are actively now resisting this movement because they see that they're being attacked, they feel like, hey, where are my rights? without understanding that this has been centuries in the making and they were really just correcting something that's been going on, not necessarily at the deficit of somebody, but really just making, you know, things, you know, as equitable as possible. And so it's really, you know, it's more about perspectives in that sense. But again, looking at it, you know, from an alt-right perspective, from a men's rights, you know, activist perspective, and from an incel perspective, they feel they're being attacked. They feel like, hey, I, I you know, um, why are we changing things? What, what, is, what does this mean that we, you know, I have to, why, why does she get hired and I didn't get hired? Why am I elevating this voice, but not my voice? So it's really a perspective that really centers themselves as victims. And I, well, the reason I'm really emphasizing this point is because it's this when you hear language like that and then you have a child who themselves see themselves as a victim it, it naturally leans lends itself to an attraction it, they, they see themselves in these philosophies so when you have someone who isn't you know doing doing well in life and in, in whatever uh, measurement you want to talk maybe he didn't get a date with the girl that he liked Maybe he got passed over for a promotion. Maybe, you know, his grades are not up to par. Maybe they got, you know, whatever the case may be, they center themselves as the victims. And, and, and you know, sometimes things happen, right? And maybe they are right, but it doesn't matter because what they end up doing, or a lot of times what ends up happening is you end up starting to blame others for these issues. 
And so when you have someone that's already feeling, you know, lost, that's already feeling a certain type of way, it makes it very difficult for, for that person to, you know, look inward maybe, you know what I'm saying? Hey, what do I need to do to improve? And instead look outward at who's attacking me. And so these uh, philosophies and these cultures are very attractive. And so, for example, one of the one of the pills that you know we talk about is the black pill. What is the black pill? The black pill represents nihilism or realization that the system is too far gone to change. There's a lot of folks out there that, unfortunately, because of these you know movements, they feel like it's it's you know forget it. There's nothing we can do about it. There's nothing that you know I I can uh, um, that that I can do to change the system. Uh, there's one pill that's called you know the black pill and basically it's kind of like hey there's a belief that hey there's no way that i can change society so a lot of the black pill folks actually refer to one of the folks that has killed folks back in 2014 there was a a person that killed uh six people at the university of california uh this person elliot roger they 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 were part of this philosophy he he believed that the only way to change the status quo was through death and violence that there was nothing reasonable you could do to actually change the system and 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 i, I want to make that very clear there's folks out there you know and, and again there's folks out there they're pushing this okay they're pushing these types of philosophies knowing that our young men and women are out there helpless defenseless to these types of influences when you have a young man that's in his room and he's playing video games and, and his parents aren't engaging with him uh nobody in his family is interacting with him and, and you know giving him any mental health support you know and and then he doesn't have any interactions with friends and he's he's you know doing his own thing in the sense that he's just, it's a feedback loop on himself. He gets bad grades. The girl that he likes doesn't reciprocate. You know, these these philosophies are very attractive to these young men. Day in and day out, you know, Christina, Dolly, myself, we always tell our parents, engage. Engage with your kid, let them know that you care. Don't just show up when it's time to discipline. Don't just show up whenever they do something wrong. Don't just show up when somebody tells you something about them. No, show up all the time. Show up all the time, engage with them in conversation. Let them know, hey, I'm here for you. I'm there, what can we talk about? Yes, it sucks sometimes because our, you know, our kids may not be responsive, but we gotta really set the terms of engagement. We gotta let them know that we're there for them. And the only way to do that is by being consistent and by being genuine about it. Because if not, again, these are these cultures that are out there. That's the black pill. That that's the, the 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 philosophy that feels like, hey, there's nothing I can do. There's literally nothing I can do out here that that will change anything. It won't. It won't. I won't be able to help anybody. I won't be able to to make a difference. There's no, there's no, there's no reason for me to continue doing things. And there could be a spiraling there that happens that at some point it might, you know, who knows, right? It might lead to something small.
it, it, frankly, it might lead to suicide or it might lead to somebody acting out on others, people that are frankly innocent, that haven't, you know, done anything for that, for that matter. So that's one point right there. Yeah. So, so, you know, I, I went ahead and just described a couple of pills. The next one that I want to talk about, and this one's really kind of pretty important, uh, too, is, uh, it's uh, and, and trigger warning uh, for the name of the pill, but this is really what it's referred to a lot. It's also referred to as the red pill. Uh, some folks call it a black pill as well, but to really differentiate yourself from it, they do call it the rape pill. And what does that mean, right? Using a term like rape pill, just the word itself, rape, right? I mean, you immediately, it, it's it's a tough word. It, it really is. It's a triggering word. But that's the purpose for them using this this word to describe this type of pill. And this type of pill really is, is really more, mostly used for what people identify as, as incels. Okay, what is an incel, right? Some folks, uh, you know what? That's a good little base question as well. Christina, Dolly, do y'all know what an incel is? You're making me feel stupid today, Rodrigo. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 by no means. No, don't say that. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I love it. I love learning. So please, though, no, tell me. Okay, how about you, Dolly? I think I have an idea. Is it like a subsection of a culture or something like that? It it, it is. It it is kind of a. a of of uh, it is a subculture. Yes, I, 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 that is a subculture that's online. Yeah. How about Karinel or 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 Jason? Do y'all know what an incel is? Isn't it? I don't. Isn't it kind of like um, like a dork kind of like a guy who can't get a girl kind of thing? Okay, you're you're kind of you're kind of trading on the on the on the right waters there. And okay, so what basically is incel? Incel is for is short for incelibacy, okay? And it refers to a man who is in celibacy, but not by his choice, okay? These are these are uh, uh, folks or, or men who generally have views that are pretty much hostile towards women and also towards men who are sexually active. So an incel would describe themselves as, hey, you know what? Uh, I can't get women because I don't have certain criteria. Uh, a lot of uh, culture, a lot of life itself is based on degrees of attractiveness, and I don't meet that criteria, whether it's because I don't have money, whether it's because I'm not good looking enough, or because I don't have any power. That's how incels see themselves. And there's a big incel culture, y'all. I mean, even here on this app on Clubhouse, uh, if you really want to go down a rabbit hole, feel free to just tap in to incel here on this app and you will see a very strong incel culture here on this app and incels really feel justified in what they feel they feel like it shouldn't be that way they feel like hey why are women going after all these guys that are good looking you know or or, or have money or have power because even then an incel will say hey i have a steady job I have a lot of potential, but no, women won't look at me or, hey, you know what? I just got a promotion and the girl that I liked, you know what I'm saying? Now she likes me because that will fuck her and blah, 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 da, da, da. That's how a lot of incel culture is. And again, 
I want to draw the line, the distinct line over how folks that are involved in these cultures really center themselves in their victimhood in these uh, uh, philosophies and why this is so attractive to a lot of our young men that are out there. Uh, incels, uh, you know, quote, and rape pill culture philosophy really have a hostile approach towards women. They really feel, hey, uh, uh, it, it shouldn't be that I have to be, you know, this criteria. You know, women should, quote unquote, lower their standards. Or, you know what, women shouldn't be out here messing with this guy, with this guy, with this guy. They should find themselves a decent young man. You know, whatever the philosophy is, it's always about them and always about how they are better alternatives where they're already at. But because they're not chosen, they are victims. A lot of times these incel, incel cultures, a lot of times uh, also prey on the fact that young men, are, you know, or, or they're struggling. A lot of guys are struggling when they're younger to find, you know, their, their, their kind of their lane you know, what they're going through and, and so forth. You know, um, I remember when uh, when I was young, right? I, my my very first encounter, you know, um, well, not my first encounter, but my second encounter where I was really like, I liked a girl and we even went out and we had a date and I was sitting next to her and I leaned over to kiss her and she did not kiss me back. She actually moved away. Oh my God, I was rejected, right? Fortunately for me, I had a healthy enough system for me that I, I didn't I didn't really internalize that too bad. I did internalize it, but I didn't internalize it too bad. Now imagine me if I was, you know, playing Call of Duty and and being on these rooms and I'm surrounded by this, you know, the, this this whole culture, and then I get rejected. And instead of being able to talk to a, a family member or a friend or my dad or something like that. I go to my friends and then they tell me like, oh, fuck her, man. Oh, she's not worth it. Oh, man, she's a bitch. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, oh man, she didn't kiss you back. Oh, man, you bought her this and you took her to the movies. You spent money on her and blah, blah, blah. You can see how that influence just starts working itself. You can see how th this, this, uh, this philosophy starts penetrating these young men because they're lost. You know, a lot of them are lost. And when they have a negative uh, of a interaction, it, it turns into something bad. This, this, uh, the killer, the, 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 the young man that was in Uvalde that killed all those innocent kids and teachers, he had negative react interactions with women. It's been reported already on several news outlets. They interviewed a few of the women, a few of the girls that he interacted with. They said, oh, he was weird. Oh, he came onto me aggressively. He got mad at me when I didn't, you know, reciprocate that he liked that I liked him because he liked me. So this young man now is dealing with these feelings that he really can't process. He doesn't know how to process them. I'm not saying that, you know, he got on his Xbox. I, I don't know that for a fact, y'all. I don't I you know, I'm not I don't want to speculate on any of that stuff. You know? But at the end of the day, he was getting influenced somewhere. There was some type of influence somewhere. And what I do know is that he was playing games. I do know that, you know, he, he, he was on, I believe they, they found him on some online forums. You know, he, he obviously bought some guns. 
he obviously had a framework there that unfortunately led to this terrible tragedy. And when you think about it, and when you think about, okay, he, he had some negative interactions. Now he's talking to folks that also, you know, view these as negative intera interactions, not because they were negative, but because they were responded and given negative reactions. That's how all these cultures start um, uh, attracting all these young men. This is how these philosophies start penetrating these minds of these young men because they're easily influenced at this point. They're at a young start of their lives and they're getting this information from folks that already have these philosophies and they start attaching themselves to it. And they start thinking like, hey, you know what? I'm not the problem. The women are the problem. I'm a decent guy. I got a job. I, 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 you know, I'm trying to talk to you. I find you attractive. Why don't you find me attractive? Why don't you see value in who I am? And these are the kind of the rabbit holes, these, these, these gaps that, that lead to philosophies that are very destructive, very damaging, and unfortunately can lead to incidences where, you know, there's harm that's inflicted. How big is that harm? Well, it could be something like self-inflicted harm. It could be, it could be suicide. It could be, uh, 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 you know, um, hurting uh, folks. It could be hurting animals, or it could lead to tragedies like what what's happened. But again, every one of these tragedies, these mass shootings has happened, has been committed by young men. And w without us, if we don't go into these philosophies. And we don't go into these mindsets and try to figure out what's going on that these young men are, are thinking that this is okay to do. We're never going to solve this issue. And we're never as a community going to come together and be able to confront any of the kids that are going through this right now. Uh, you know, before I ask Christina to do another reset, uh, you know, we, we, we were here two weeks ago talking about this and how critical it is for us to start within our own communities, our own families, our own, our own extended families, our own friends and our own communities and identifying where we can help kids out, where we can help young men out from being lost, from being forgotten and from, from possibly being led astray into these online, uh, um, cultures that exist because if we don't do that upon ourselves we might be missing out on our own family members before i'll land it here so that christina can reset but just imagine right now the family members of the killer the mom the stepdad his, his biological father the grandparents they were all around him they were all there they saw him day in, day out. He, he lived with his grandma. His stepdad would see him. They interviewed his stepdad and he was like, I didn't know. No, I didn't really talk to him. Nobody took the time to really try to engage. And, and I'm not putting it on them. You know what I'm saying? The, the responsibility really does fall on, on this, this fucking asshole that did this shit. 
But that still doesn't remove why and what can we do to prevent it. So I want to, I want folks to really understand that we, I'm not asking y'all to change the world, you know, and let's create a petition online and let's do campaign. I'm not even asking for that shit. No, that's no. I want y'all to start in y'all's own communities. I want you to see as are there young men right now here that I can help, that I know, and that possibly may need, you know, some 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 type of talking or 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 just letting them know like hey i'll help you what's going on uh christina if you could reset for me that'd be great but those were the i really i don't want to like you know uh, um lead a whole dictionary and cabinet full of pills right i mean we're not going to remember all of them but i did touch on the two one the two most important ones in my eyes that are really affecting our kids right now and that really explain a lot of the online activities that you see that's going on right now. Uh, we, we, we see this a lot where a lot of folks, a lot of men are, are having issue with the way society is changing right now. And, and again, I've already referred to a couple of things that's going on, but the last thing that I'll talk about is the power, right? A lot of things that are going on right now really is removing power from, from folks that have traditionally wielded that power. Uh, um, and quite frankly, it's men, white men, and, and they're they're seeing this as a way of possibly harming the, them, or I would just say themselves, possibly disenfranchising them, and really at the end of the day, even replacing them. Uh, another basis question I want to ask everybody that's here: Has anybody ever heard of the Great Replacement Theory? I, I have, but I don't have too much information. I heard people casually talking about it, but I'm not going to really comment at this time because what I heard was very light. Yeah, okay. No, no, that's not a problem, Jason. I appreciate you chiming in there. And again, th this is why you know we, we want to make sure that we are educated, especially us that are parents, right? But there's a theory online right now, uh, and it's really, uh, really pushed among a lot of red pill folks, a lot of siege pill folks um uh, also iron pill again i'm not going to go through all the pills the 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 resource i provided on the link does a great job i'm also going to add one more link once we start taking some questions and talking to folks and whatnot i'll change the link to another article another resource but but basically what great replacement theory is what they call it grt is basically when you distill it down to its essence is that people uh, white people are being replaced that's basically it. How are they being replaced? They're being, <clears throat> they're being replaced by interracial marriage, by immigration, by rules and regulations that are, you know, uh, up, uplifting other people, but not uh, white males in particular. Th there's this whole theory that surrounds this, that, that this, that's going through all this. And, and folks are pushing it online. Again, you have an impressionable kid. You have a kid that's seeing all this. <clears throat> they're 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 reading all this information. It, it's it's important that we understand why how our kids can be affected by this information. And so when they see great replacement theory, they're like, "What what's going on here?" You know, oh well, people are being replaced. Blah blah blah. They're getting all this misinformation. They're getting all this. Uh, ideas and theory, things that haven't been proven, 
quite frankly. There, there's nothing going on like that. There, there's there's tables and data and all this other stuff, right? At the end of the day, what we're really focusing on is the influence that this information has. And so you have a young impressionable kid goes online, they read these things. Again, they're feeling lost, they're feeling you know misguided or unguided, and they see that hey, I'm I'm being replaced. Men are being replaced. Why are men being replaced? What do you mean? Well, this is going on. This is going on. This and that. It leads to folks, you know, being feeling like a victim, like they can't do anything about it, or that the only way they can do something about it is by do, by harming others. That's why it's really important to understand what's going on online. How can it affect our kids? Why are these theories prevalent, and what can we do to combat that? And I'll end here so that we can go ahead and, you know, talk about it as a group and whatnot. But the best way to combat that, y'all, is not by avoiding it. Okay? I keep referencing chat rooms. I keep referencing Xbox. You are not going to solve the situation by taking away your kid's Xbox. Okay? You're not going to solve the situation by declaring the PS5 off limits. Okay? That's not going to work, y'all. Okay, the reason that's not going to work is because your kids still have a phone. Oh, I'm going to take my kid's phone away. <laughs> your, your kid's going to borrow somebody else's phone. They're going to use this computer. Oh, well, I'm not going to let, uh, uh, let my kid get on the computer. Their kids are going to school. They have friends that are in this. They're talking to them. Your kid is going to be educated one way or the other. Okay, avoiding things, hiding things. And, and trying to obstruct your kids from reaching these things is not going to work. The best way to combat this is by actually confronting it and educating your kids on what is right, what is really going on, letting them know that they are valued, that you do that, that, that they are worth something, that they are that they mean something to you, and to explain to them what's going on. When my and I'll end right here. With an example, when my son and I, uh, we were talking about what had happened recently, right? My, my, uh, we were in the dining room table and we we're eating and uh, my sister was with us and my son, we were talking about it. And then my son said, yeah, that guy was a fucking loser. And I looked at him and I go, whoa, 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 chill out, man. What, what, what's up with that? He goes, he was a loser, dad. You know what I'm saying? Why, why, why would he do that? He could have, uh, what a loser. And I, and I asked him, I said, I said, what do you, why do you think he was a loser? He goes, well, did you, uh, he shot all those. I go, I get that. I'm asking you, why do you think he was a loser? Or more importantly, why do you think he felt he was a loser? And then my son said, he says, well, I read online that he like, well, couldn't, couldn't get a girlfriend on you know, a day. He was, he probably, you know, was mad that he couldn't get any girls. That led to a whole discussion with my son that at the end of it, my son understood that really what happened was this this kid didn't have the support system he needed my my son has a support system that's why he can't see that my son has a support system both of my boys have a support system where their families support them where where we all have their backs where if my son he went through a breakup i don't tell my son like ah oh, fuck her she ain't shit you're a good guy. Go out there and, you know, come on, man, do your thing. No, nah, I told him, like, how you feeling, man? Oh, I feel bad. Dad. I feel sad, dad. And my son cries it out. I was like, hey, take some time. 
Your feelings are valid. I get it, man, you know, but don't be a creeper, okay? It takes two people to be in a relationship. If she doesn't want to be in a relationship, then you don't have a relationship. Oh, okay, dad, yeah, I don't know. He, my son has a support system. There are tons of kids that are out there. Every one of y'all probably has a good support system for y'all's kids. The, the, this, this, the, the, the killer did not. And I, th- I, and I really, that's what I want to emphasize that we need to be out there creating good support systems for our kids, for uh, the, these young men that are out there that may feel that they're lost and provide those systems before they find the systems themselves. These philosophies, these cultures that are just going to further isolate them. And, and, and eventually, you know, Lord willing, it doesn't, but eventually leads to harm and what type of harm and what, what, you know, capacity of harm. I mean, who knows? So uh, with, with that said though, I hope everybody got some good information from this. Uh, while we talk here with folks that are on stage, I'm going to add one more link and uh, you can also click that link and save it, but check out, there's other pills on there. Uh, check out the other ones. Uh, do a deep search on that and be honest about your child's activities, what they're going through and talk to them about it. And just, you know, have that conversation and engage with your kids. Uh, my name is Rodrigo. I'm done with this portion. I really appreciate everybody just listening in and I want to welcome Karinel and, uh, and um, Jason to the stage. And before we kind of engage with everybody, let Christina do a quick reset. Yeah, thank you guys. Uh, we're going to get on our discussion now um, over everything that Rodrigo just said. Um, and I just want to reiterate, I said it last week, I'm going to say it again, that I, you don't have to be a parent to make an influence in a child's life. You could be a coach, you could be a teacher, you could just be a neighbor, community member. And that's what I wish uh, that kid had, uh, because maybe that would have prevented so many lives from being lost if he had somebody else. He didn't have his parents. So, you know, who else could have reached out to him and maybe made a difference and didn't have to, you don't have to be a parent, could just be you. And I just want to say that one more time. That's so important. And uh, hopefully, uh, raise your hand, come on up and join our conversation. I want to get to Karinel, who has been so patient this whole time. Thank you so much for being here. And I love all the comments you've been making in the um, in the comment box over there. Um, what would you like to contribute? Hi, good afternoon. Um, I think I just put everything in the chat. Um, yeah, this has been a really, really, really good discussion. Um, for me, I just want to emphasize that when you have kids, as soon as they start getting into that age that they do have access to some type of social media or the internet, like you really should be monitoring everything. I'm not saying take things away because like Rodrigo was saying, they can use their friend's phone, they can go to their friend's houses and use the internet. So don't like take it away from them, just see what they're doing. Because there are a lot of predators out there. I know like Reddit, for example, if you guys have kids, um, Reddit is one of the you know biggest social media apps that lets kids under 18 join. So I know that from the age of like 11 years old, you can see kids on there and they have these subreddits where you know, it could start something like Minecraft or any other like video game, Pokemon, like something as like, you know, innocent as that. And then they get on Discord and they have these other conversations and they don't know that 
They could be speaking to an adult or someone who's a predator or like trying to get them to do something else or even teaching them things about violence that they've probably never even thought of. Or like, oh, this happened to me and then they're being taught something that normally they wouldn't hear within their own family. So I just say, watch everything and please be careful. Like Reddit, it sounds in theory like it's good because they're under 18 and they could be on it. But from Reddit, they go to Discord, they go to WhatsApp, they go to like all these outside um, social media platforms where other discussions are, you know, happening. So that's it. That's all I have for now. I'll come back in in a little bit. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. And Jason, uh, how would you like to contribute? Um, a couple, a couple of ways. Um, first, on the kids' perspective. So as I was having issues in the last year with my 14 year old, um, there were things that I started to notice. Um, and this is why I had problems where now I have to go through a, a custody battle. But the problems I, I was having was I was supervising over my daughter's um, activity because she was on my Wi-Fi. And she would use like when she had have her phone taken away, she'd ask, hey, dad, can I use your computer for homework? Sure. And she doesn't know. But I have a security software where it go. It gives warnings on certain sites you go into, maybe hazardous, could be spam. And so it sent me notifications to my phone. And so I started looking into it and it was all game based um, stuff. And I didn't think much of it at first, but when I started digging in deep and you could see the level of conversations with adults. And I would ask my daughter, why are you talking to this 25 year old man? She said, what are you talking about? And I said, I hate to call you, uh, call you out on your, on your stuff, but guess what? This game you're playing on my computer, I tracked this down and guess what? This is a 25 year old man. What are you doing talking to him? And she goes, he's not 25 of them all. Yeah, here's his profile. I'm tracking his IP. And she goes, what? And I'm like, don't you remember dad used to work for the court system? Yeah. Well, guess what? I have search tools. So, and so, and when she was confronted, she was like, you're invading on my privacy. She got irritated really, really quickly. And I'm like, you have no idea who you're playing with. Be mindful of who you talk to. You know, if you're having problems with me or your mom, you're not getting heard, you know, say something to somebody. And if it's not us, if it's not me or your mom, start talking to, talk to your grandparents, you know? There's, and, and the thing, what it started leading to, and then my sister contacted me a couple days later that her son and her grandkids um, were also doing the same thing. And it started from uh, roadblocks. And then they went to Discord. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? But in attention to um, my next point, and I know there's other people on the stage, but um, integrated men, this is a big, big thing. There are a lot of men who do not understand how to operate in society and how it relates to um, racial talk is that these white men, you, they're being you know, sought after and they're being, I don't want to say victimized, they're basically made um, targets to attack. Your culture did this to me. So every time we talk about and identify white culture. And I've asked people recently, what are you defining as white? And then in the casual conversation, and I would say some things, well, that's white. Okay. 
please give me more info. So these coded conversations, when someone doesn't get along, feeds this mindset of white culture. And, and, these, and these men's groups that I've been a part of, they have subcultures. I was really interested in what um, Rodrigo was saying about insult because I got approached, a guy thought I was white. And I'm like, yo, I'm biracial. I'm Mexican and I'm Irish, so go figure. But just because of my look of my skin, he didn't ask my last name. But he asked, hey, we're forming a group of men that want to protect the homeland. I know you're here. And that was like a big alarm. I kept quiet. I didn't say, no, thank you. I don't appreciate, you know, I'm not interested. But it's just like, it's out there in plain sight. And we even use it in our code of conversations, like say like referring to a, a guy that's a simp. It refers to a BDSM um, in their, their community, a sex community, as submissive man that does anything what a woman says. Well, men don't like this. They don't want to be referred to this. And this loading of words and coded conversations feed those mantras of this, of this pill discussion. So it trickles down to our kids because when boys don't have mentors, they have idle hands. Idle hands play with dangerous things. And we're seeing the fallout. And I'll, I'll stop here. Thank you, Jason, for that. Yeah, you're right. And as uh, Rodrigo has said many times in the past, um, his words are, well, that the kids will create their own narrative when they don't have the guidance that they need. And so, um, and I absolutely agree, and I'm going to reiterate his point again, that that's exactly what happens. And so, so, so important to have role models and, and support for these young people. Uh, welcome, Jessica, to the stage. How would you like to contribute? Um, so I like what, um, Jason had to say, um, about kind of just, and, and Karen L, like what they were talking about, like keeping track of their kids, uh, internet usage. Sorry. I'm like watching my child watch YouTube right now. So I'm yeah anyways and you know i will say this like um i worked in anti-human trafficking um i was a safe house manager and i lived with um i lived with the women and i worked with old women from 18 and up but because just in north carolina to have a safe house for younger children um it's a little more difficult and there has to be a lot of other stuff in place um, and so when we, when they opened up the safe house and I took the position, um, we had one girl who was, um, who was coming in, in instead of, who was coming in instead of doing jail time. So she ended up running away, um, and went back to quote unquote her boyfriend, but she left her phone behind and the amount of apps that she had she was i think she was like 18 so the amount of apps she had she'd been doing this since she was 14 and she kind of told me how it how it goes you know we're giving kids phones at really young ages now i mean my daughter has an ipad and she uses i have permission settings on it so literally i have to approve everything that comes my way um but it was wild to me how much her phone was blowing up. And when she had gone missing, when she had, when she had run away and gone missing, um, 
we couldn't find her. And the messages that were coming in from men because she posed as a girl, she looked young, so she posed as an underage girl. The amount of men that were calling her phone through this fake number that she had set up was astounding. So, and also I know of men that, and I've seen every man under the sun, every woman under the sun who is a predator, who just looks like your regular Joe. So I think sometimes we let our guards down around certain individuals. And I, I will say that working that job has made me super hyper vigilant just because of what I've experienced and, and how I've been approached and the situations that I had to come into contact firsthand, getting girls out of situations. Um, and, you know, I live in a place where human trafficking is domestic human trafficking. That is a really big thing. And I've literally seen 14, 15 year old girls who their parents weren't paying attention to them and weren't providing that space to have conversations. And I've seen it, you know, my mom, she, she was almost trafficked. So this is just something that even she has told me firsthand when we're not providing space for kids to be emotionally safe, they're going to resort to other things. Right. And so sometimes those other things, cause we even do it as adults, right? It's if, if our partner isn't providing a safe space for us emotionally, we're going to go to our friends. We're going to go to apps. We're going like, we're going to go to a place that kind of allows us to self soothe. So with all that being said, it also happens in our kids. And sometimes, you know, we have to take a step back from our own chaos and be present because that is something that I've had to learn and, and, and be extra attentive to um, and get out of my own way. So that way, because I, you know, my daughter is only three, but she can still find shit on the internet, you know. So anyways, all that, um, I will say that, you know, having seen what I've seen, having witnessed what I've witnessed, um, you know, it's really important that we just stay really connected to what our children are watching, what they're putting on their phones and having those conversations and not accusing them. Cause I think sometimes that can also shut down conversation um, because then it, you know, I've definitely had to play a part in pretending to be someone else to find out where this girl was. So that way we can make sure that she was safe again and you know it's just one of those things where people people are they're doing really harmful shit i don't understand why but it's really important that we have those conversations with our kids so that way they feel that we're a safe space so that way they're not you know doing getting into spaces that they shouldn't be just so they can be seen and heard because i think that's what it what it boils down to too so many great points there, Jessica. Thank you so much. I want to reiterate that um, what I'm hearing over and over again from um, everybody on the stage is uh, knowing what's going on in your house on those tablets, on those phones, and communicating. And you can, all, I mean, it's just, it, we can't say it enough. That's really the messages that are, keep coming back over and over um, to 
to step one, know what's going on and start talking to your kid. And just like Jessica had said, how you talk to your kid and how you confront them really makes a difference too. You don't want them to shut down. So you have to go in into that conversation with more inquiry and concern and not a big mama papa bear um, attitude, which will definitely shut your child down and then then you're not going to have any conversation. So, um, but that's a whole other topic of how to talk to your kids. Um, so, but I, and I want to get, make sure that uh, Tanya has a, an opportunity to speak. How would you like to contribute today? Hi, I just wanted to say that I am absolutely loving the conversation and the spreading of information and awareness and everything like that. Um, there were a couple of things that I wanted to mention. The first is for those of you who have, you know, children who are of the age where they are online and have social media and just have access to the internet in general. NICMEC, so uh, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, have great free resources for you to watch as a parent, you know, for the child to watch and then for you guys to watch together in terms of how to ensure that your children are safe online um, because they, you know, they compile a lot of data and, you know, they're the ones that say, like, no app in the world out there has been free of an enticement report right so even if you think it's the most locked down app on there kids only whatever the case may be like there has been at least one report of online enticement so um i definitely recommend checking out their website i have um i worked with them in the past about trying to get like a proposal done for you know um cell phone carriers like when they do have a parent come in that has a child um and so they just have amazing resources and it's free and it's they try to make it you know not super scary right because we do not want to instill fear in our kids um obviously my children are not of that age you know i have a two-year-old and a six-month-old so i'm not there yet but i did do you know work with these individuals um <clears throat> and so i can post the link in the chat to some of their trainings for that i also wanted to say just because you had mentioned about you know making sure you're talking to your kids right so you want to instill like you want them to know that they can come to you right but when they do decide to come to you that is a very pivotal point in your relationship the way that you respond to them coming to you will like make or break the you know how they treat it in the future so if you do have a child who comes up and is like hey you know like i'm seeing xyz online or on this app or in this chat or whatever <clears throat> Like, how are you going to react? Are you going to like jump down their throat and be like, why are you on here? Why are you sending these messages? Yada, yada, yada. Or are you going to take a more like appreciative response? Like, you know, thank you for bringing this to me. Like, let's kind of unpack this together. What's been going on? Of course, do not absolve them of any, you know, responsibility and things like that. But the way you approach that conversation is incredibly important because it'll be the difference between, oh, I can bring things to my mom, I can bring things to my dad, or, oh, I have to hide everything. And you know, when they hide it, they're not getting that guidance, right? And um, so I thought that was also important um, to note. And I'm gonna stop there so we can talk. <laughs> yes, Tanya, and we have somebody in the chat who uh, would love for you to uh, put that link up in the chat. If you, if you would do that, I would appreciate it. 
Yeah, everybody brought some great points, and I really appreciate everybody bringing their knowledge to the, to the stage. Uh, I just I just kind of caught up with the chat. Uh, thank you so much, Karinil, uh, 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 Tanya, for for y'all's contributions. Dali was in there as well in the chat. There's so many resources out there, right? Uh, I did provide another article. This is a very in-depth uh, article. It's it's more of a collaboration project that it really takes a deep dive in two particular pills, which is the red and the black. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's really it, it's it's a really dense article, but it really captures the feeling that's going on right now in a lot of these forums. Uh, uh, Tanya and, and Karinil were talking about Reddit, right? There's Reddit, 4chan, uh, 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 um, <clears throat> other online uh, places where, where folks are uh, gravitating towards. Telegram, you know, we, we even we had a Telegram uh, uh, chat channel at one point. A lot of folks are going there. They're, they're, they're really just kind of migrating wherever the message is being done. Again, like uh, like everybody's been talking about, just engage, engage with your kid. Make sure that that uh, that whatever you do, you make your child feel like it's welcoming and that they can go to you. Okay, I, I really want to make that distinction right now, because uh, you know it's it's not just enough to go to your kid and say like, hey, what's going on? How's it going? Da da da. Because really, what they're wanting, what they're feeling is that you're going, you're gonna go out there to hold something against them. That you don't, don't you know? No, have that conversation with them, because once you gain your kids' trust, once they feel like, hey, I can go to my parents, that's when they'll open up to this. I didn't really know a lot of this stuff. I really was kind of clueless to it a few years ago, and it wasn't until my son was the one that really introduced it to me, and he was open enough to really talk to me about it and tell me like, hey. This is what's going on. Oh my God, I found this joke here and this and that. We started talking about it. And my son has, again, very proud that my son has a very healthy understanding of what's going on there. You know, the, the thing is, well, what about the kids that don't have a healthy understanding, that are easily influenced, that are being enticed, like Tanya was talking about earlier, right? That there's predators out there, there's people with philosophies that know that what they say can carry good influence or carry heavy influence with folks that are very impressionable. Uh, I'll leave with this. If you read this article right here, the one that I just posted right now, it actually details how a lot of these um, these incidences that have happened, these mass shootings, these tragedies, these crimes have committed, have really kind of been inspired by other mass shootings and other killings and tragedies that have committed already so this this is just gonna happen this is really this this i mean i fucking hate to say it but it's gonna happen probably again uh, the only way we can combat is by going into our own communities and making sure that we reach out to these young men that are out there and letting them know like hey how can i help you well, what can, well you want let's talk about something let them know that they're valued and and, and get the help that they really need so that we can prevent all issues possible, whether it's self-harm, whether it's, you know, suicide, whether it's whatever or a tragedy like what happened. You know, I think we could do if we try our best, we can definitely uh, help out young men that are out there struggling.
Can I just add something really quick to your point? Yes, yes. Uh, thanks. Um, also, I think that we need to stop putting like a stigma with mental health. Um, I know like in our communities, like we tend to kind of try to pray about it or think there's nothing wrong. Um, a lot of these people, I don't even want to say, I don't want to call them animals or anything, but um, they're suffering from something and we see it, whether it's in our home, if it's our own children, it could be our nieces and nephews, our cousins, our friends, kids, whoever it is, like we start picking up on little warning signs, but I feel like we don't want to tackle the whole mental health aspect of it. And a lot of these situations, I feel like if they were just started at a young age with groups in school, you don't even have to take them to an outside therapist, like just in school, they have stuff. I mean, like I know for my son, I mean, he's special needs, so he has to go to like different groups and stuff, but I know that they do offer that. So if we just at least talk to the school and say, hey, like, do you have something that you could kind of like put my kid in or whatever? Because a lot of times they feel neglected they feel like they don't have friends. And then as they get older, it just becomes a bigger issue. And if we kind of just tackle it at the beginning and just put them in some type of program that, you know, gears them with mental health. I know when they're really young, they can't really speak to a therapist. So they usually do like art therapy and stuff like that, where they could kind of just express their emotions um, through drawings and things of that nature. I think we could actually fix a lot of the problems. So my tip is like, if you guys see something, say something. Jessica? Yeah, hey. So, oh my God, I was going to say, okay, I remembered. Sorry, mom brain. Um, Rodrigo brought up a valid point about talking to men uh, about the issues at hand, but we also have to, you know, really talk about internalized misogyny within women and how that also plays a role in a lot of what is happening too because it's not just men contributing to this problem like i even you know i've shared a little bit about kind of my family dynamic and how gender roles are very much a thing um within you know my husband's family because they're it's a very traditional setting so much so that you know certain gender roles provide problematic situations um, you know, where women have to accept certain behaviors and men get away with it. And that's still internalized misogyny um, in a lot of ways. And so I think, you know, Rodrigo talking about let's have the conversations that are hard and making space for people to be challenged. I will say that it's not going to be easy right and not everybody's gonna listen and especially for individuals who may be first generation and they're in that you know what they call the 1.5 percent where they're that literal bridge between you know their traditions versus like the their americanized children you know these this is going to come against a lot of core values um and so even, you know, with my mom, cause she is a part of that 1.5%, we've had conversations because she sometimes 
has some internalized misogyny where I'm just like, hey, like, that's not how it works anymore. And my mom is like, yo, she's an independent woman. She can she can throw it down. She don't need no man. Like, but still, there are certain things that we've ingrained that are ingrained in our culture because of colonization. And um, one of my mentors says that it's like we live in a post-apocalyptic world because certain roles were put on us because of colonization and just it is what it is. But we're we're seeing more conversations happening and we're seeing more productive conversations that are happening and conversations are good and fine, but action is better. And so we need to come up with actual solutions that not only educate men, but women and also educate parents, which is why I think, Christine, it's great that you're having these conversations because I think you also have a different perspective as well as Rodrigo. You know, you guys are parents of children and, you know, you are, you are the mother of a trans individual and Rodrigo, you are, you are the father of somebody in the LGBTQ community. And, you know, with me, my, like, obviously I'm pansexual and parenting and talking with my husband, he's like, what is that? You know, it's like, these aren't conversations that our parents had with us and we're able to have these conversations with our children so that our grandchildren can have a little more access to healing. Um, and I think that we're kind of, you know, defying the normal for our parents. And that is a scary thing. So like how, and some of us are still in that mindset, right? So how do we provide resources that make a difference? Because it can be really overwhelming when you're making a change. And I will say this, when you have so much information being thrown at you, your nervous system goes black, and then you're just like, fuck it, I'm not going to deal with it. So how do we like provide conversation that isn't overwhelming, but I guess um, positions the parent and the individual to have that, right? So yeah, I think it's I think it's something that like my brain, sorry, my brain is like processing all of this while I'm spitting it out. But I think that we also have to deal with the internalized misogyny within women as well, because that is very much in our culture. So yeah, I'll end there. <laughs> yeah, no, no, uh, no, uh, Jessica's not wrong. I mean, you know, there, there's definitely these conversations that need to happen within our entire community, right? And uh, um, they do need to happen with everybody. I, I just want to make sure that, you know, yeah, these conversations, the reason we're talking about men right now is because of the prevalence of thoughts that are going on these philosophies that are really geared towards men they, they really are and and a lot of times we're okay with young women and women in general you know the the whole idea that like oh yeah women are supposed to be emotional yeah they're supposed to be this way this and that it's okay for them to express their their feelings and then you get to the other side and we're still combating this whole notion that men are not allowed to share their feelings and what can happen it can lead to resentment it can lead lead to these uh, philosophies really where they they're they're not just they're not ingrained in healing they're ingrained in victimhood and that's why we you know that we've had these conversations i think that would be a great room actually though talking about how we can you know help our daughters 
You know, what are we, what are, what conditions are leading to our daughters having misguided uh, perceptions and perspectives, I'm sorry, perspectives on, you know, men and on young men and what's going on there so that maybe we can help that conversation, you know, kind of happen. So I think that's a great suggestion. I think that we definitely should make that happen. That's a, all right. I'm writing it down. <laughs> that's a scary room to have on Clubhouse when you sit here and you call women misogynists. Well, there's, I, I want to add to that. There was a lot that you unpacked, Jessica. And there's, I mean, I don't want to get away from the main topic of, of, of what this room's for, but in regards to men, because men don't speak up enough, in my opinion, and what I've seen around and other men talk about this, and they're saying, you know, when they say, hey, they're getting out of hand, we can't even speak up because they're not listening. And, and then I ask in, in that, you know, when I'm hearing this, I ask the question, so what part did you get disenfranchised and what part do you feel detached? And they're all, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I'd have to dumb it down. So in some of these groups of men that I talk with, and one of the things exactly is, is like you can only rectify so many things and there's so many subcultures and sub identities, but the basis of how human beings actually treat each other. So to approach the mental health is, is do most of us, number one, do we know how to listen to each other or do we know how to react? This is a big problem within all of our communities because I'm not just a part of Latino, I'm also a part of white culture. So when you disenfranchise these white people, so to speak, and you can't clearly define what they are, and it trickles down to their kids, these people buy guns. They teach them, protect yourself, because you know what? They are being assaulted right and left. They're, they're, and it's happening in plain sight. You know, just starting with the words that we say, the casual conversations that we have. So the part about listening and engagements than just impulsive response is a big deal. So to be able to listen to our kids, even me, I'm going through a situation where I had to prove myself in court that I was innocent of allegations because my daughter also accused a boy of inappropriately touching her and harassing her. And the more that we got to the investigation part, um, it was sourced in a lot of media things that she got into, including books, books that she bought, teenage books teaching about love. She's 14 years old. Then she started talking about, you know, before we had a problem about sexual identity. Oh, dad, I haven't had sex, but dad, you're kind of homophobic. Well, explain what does homophobia mean? And she couldn't explain it. She couldn't because I'm like, oh, I know exactly what I'm saying and when I say it, but I said, what I say doesn't always have to be acceptable. I accept all people, but I don't have an opinion about all people's lives. So let's be, let's be clear. So when we look at how we listen and then these kids pick up many of these terms, they pick up misogyny, they pick up um, narcissist, they pick up these identity psychological words that are passed around like popcorn and most people don't even know what they are. And then they don't even realize that they come from narcissistic parents. So that's a big, big deal and something huge to unpack. So I think the very first step is what was iterated earlier is the quality of your listening versus your responding 
and injection. And that's what I want to stop off at. Excellent points. Great points. Uh, yeah, we definitely could have this discussion again, and I think we will. We'll definitely plan it out, uh, Christina and I and Dolly, so that we can uh, make that happen. You know, this is a pretty heavy topic, but I think uh, the two resources that I provided earlier really give everybody kind of a foundation for what we're doing. And I appreciate everybody joining with joining us. So until next time, remember, parents, you got this. I'm just here to help. Thank you for listening today. Remember to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And don't forget, the Impactful Parenting Podcast is an extension of the Impactful Parent community. Go to the Impactful Parent website and download the free Impactful Parent app so you don't miss a parenting tip that can help you and your family. Thanks for listening today. So go to theimpactfulparent.com and see you next episode.